0: My name is R.G. Hillis, and I'm a professor of neurology at Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine, and I'm also the executive vice chair of the department and the director of the Stroke Division, as well as the director of the Center for Excellence in Stroke Detection and Treatment. I'm going to be talking about language disorders across the lifespan at the American Neurological Association in October 2019. It is one of the plenary sessions, and it will involve uh, a number of speakers who I'll talk about and then some also short presentations of abstracts that were submitted to the conference. So the first speaker will be Dr. Marcel Mezulam from Northwestern, who's going to be talking about recent advances in primary progressive aphasia. Then I'll be talking about novel treatments for both primary progressive aphasia and post-stroke aphasia. And Dr. Mary Louisa Gorno-Tempini will then be talking about developmental language disorders and primary progressive aphasia, how they are Uh, potentially associated or how they may reflect vulnerabilities in certain brain networks uh, that lead to both developmental language disorders and then later uh, primary progressive aphasia. And then Dr. Jason Yeatman from University of Washington will talk about neuroplasticity and developmental dyslexia and how we now understand developmental dyslexia and and perhaps how it can be managed. And then there will be the data blitz, as I mentioned, with a number of abstracts on language disorders and related issues such as emotional prosody. I think all of us will also be talking about The research that involves longitudinal imaging, sometimes before and after treatment, to show that there are changes in brain networks as people get better or people get worse or there's differences between people with aphasia and people without aphasia. But new imaging techniques have really helped us understand the mechanisms of language impairment and the mechanisms of of improvement. As I mentioned, I'll be talking about treatments for both post-stroke aphasia and primary progressive aphasia that have really been developed over the last five years or so. They're both behavioral therapies, traditionally given by speech-language pathologists, and some what we call electroceutical approaches, so transcranial direct current stimulation, transcranial magnetic stimulation, which can augment language therapies. So I will be describing a number of recent clinical trials and the results of those and how they should change uh, management so one of the innovative treatments that I'll be talking about is something called speech entrainment, and this has been used in both post-stroke aphasia and non-fluent primary progressive aphasia, one of the variants of primary progressive aphasia, and it involves reading simultaneously with another person who's watching the speaker. So there's audio and visual feedback, and it's been shown in a recent... clinical trial by Julius Friedrichsen and colleagues, that this treatment doubled the speech output relative to only audio feedback or free conversation, also reduced activation in posterior inferior parietal cortex on functional MRI, and that suggests that people are putting less effort into speaking they show less widespread activation during language. And then it's currently being used by Dr. Maya Henry at University of Texas in primary progressive aphasia. And she's shown that there's been improvement in production of correct, intelligible words in the topics that have been practiced So we like to see improvement in everybody, but it's particularly impressive in primary progressive aphasia where people without therapy tend to get worse. So therapy can actually make them improve at least for some time. Other behavioral therapies that have been introduced in the last few years are something called constraint-induced language therapy, which is really requiring people with aphasia to use language and speech instead of gestures and drawing and other things and a number of aphasia apps for the iPhone or iPad have been developed that uh, people can do on their own and they're basically exercises in language that become increasingly difficult as the person gets better and then Some other therapies for primary progressive aphasia have included teletherapy, where people are doing therapy via computer. Um, People with primary progressive aphasia live all over, but there are relatively few people who are treating it or doing studies of treatment, so it's important to use telemedicine to provide treatment to people in remote areas. A few other studies have been using what's called augmentative communication devices. So things that augment communication or help communication that don't use speech itself. So lots of apps on the iPhone can actually produce speech if they have alternative input like pictures or words and so on. In terms of enhancing recovery by recruiting other networks of the brain or undamaged parts of the brain to take over for damaged parts. I mentioned there's both transcranial direct current stimulation and transcranial magnetic stimulation. And both of these have been shown in some studies to augment language therapy to help recovery. One very recent large trial by Julius Friedrichson and colleagues, showed a in a randomized double-blind sham control study that people who received the transcranial direct current stimulation improved to a larger degree than people who received the identical computer-delivered language therapy. They improved mostly in accuracy of naming pictures, which was the sort of aim of this treatment, Um, there was really a 70% increase in correct naming for people who received this transcranial direct current stimulation relative to people who had a sham stimulation in addition to the same therapy. They also found that was interesting is that there was an interaction between TDCS, the transcranial direct current stimulation, and the genotype for BDNF, which is brain-derived neurotrophic factor, that people who had the sort of most common valval genotype and received TDCS showed greater response to the aphasia treatment than those people with the same genotype who received sham, but also greater than people with other genotypes so there's a met allele genotype and those who had either one or two met alleles did not respond to treatment as well and so there are some ongoing studies in those were in chronic stroke but there are some ongoing studies in subacute stroke to find out if it's at least as effective in subacute stroke we are carrying out this trial basically in the same way as Friedrichsen and colleagues, but within the first three months of stroke. Others have used transcranial direct current stimulation to the right cerebellum instead of to language cortex to increase the learning and short-term memory and to enhance language in post-stroke aphasia. And they have also shown some benefit over language therapy alone. Finally, there's and published a relatively large study of transcranial direct current stimulation in primary progressive aphasia by Kirana Tepkini and others at Hopkins. And they again showed significant improvement with PDCS relative to sham, in addition to language therapy. There've been some smaller studies of transcranial magnetic stimulation, which likely augments language therapy as well. I'll mention that there have been a few very small trials of medications to augment aphasia therapy. Some of these have been positive, some have been negative. Probably the best effect was seen with memantine along with language therapy. There will be future trials looking at things like selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors and language therapy. The most important message I'd like for neurologists to take home is that people with either post stroke aphasia or primary progressive aphasia, or even language impairment due to other neurologic diseases, can get better and can respond to therapy. They should be sent to speech language pathologists or enrolled in clinical trials that use both behavioral therapies and either medications or transcranial direct current stimulation or transcranial magnetic stimulation. So thank you for listening today. If you would like further information on these topics, you can click on the uh, links below.